This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you and welcome to the show. As you're no doubt aware, Our Miss Brooks is one of my favorite shows, and I hope it's one of yours, too. From the spot-on delivery of Eve Arden, to the perfect grouch Mr. Conklin, to the scatterbrained landlady Mrs. Davis, it's a program that, to my mind, hits on all cylinders. And by the way, I just howled when I heard Gail Gordon, as Principal Conklin, send the orders to the maintenance department for more heat. I think you'll get a kick out of it, too. Our Miss Brooks, transcribed and starring Eve Arden. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks under the direction of Al Lewis. Well, many people enjoy the brisk, snappy weather of the winter season. But Our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, is definitely anti-cold. In fact, at the last count, she was sleeping beneath 11 woolen blankets. I kept warm enough that way, but it posed quite a problem for my landlady. Yesterday, when she came in to wake me up, she couldn't find me. We solved that, though. Now when I go to bed, I slip a bookmark under the bottom blanket. (laughs) Last Friday at breakfast, I was complaining to Mrs. Davis about the temperature in the house. Now take this, dear. A nice steaming cup of coffee will warm you up in no time. Is it really hot? Piping hot. Here's your cup. Never mind the cup. Just pour it over me. (laughs) Look, Mrs. Davis, the days aren't so bad, but... Last night at 11.30, my room was absolutely freezing. You could hang meat in there. (laughs) Connie, wouldn't that mess up the wallpaper? (laughs) Besides, 11.30 seems awfully late for you to be up, Connie. You'd be a lot warmer if you got to bed earlier. I would have, but I had to finish some extra typing for Mr. Conklin. Our beloved principal has never been able to keep a secretary, you know. I know. I think it's a shame the way he takes advantage of you. This isn't school business he gives you, is it? No, mostly personal correspondence, reports and things. And what does Mr. Conklin give you for this work? An occasional curt nod. (laughs) Well, if I were you, I'd refuse to do any more for him. In fact, when you bring him this batch today, you ought to put your foot down. I tried putting my foot down before, Mrs. Davis, but it just didn't work. Why? What did Mr. Conklin do? He stepped on it. Good morning, Mr. Conklin. I brought in those papers you had me type last night. Just put them on my desk, please. Hmm? What did you say? Perhaps you'd hear better if you'd remove those ridiculous earmuffs. What? They must have slipped down again. 
It's terribly chilly in school this morning, Mr. Conklin. Nonsense. It's just pleasantly brisk. Now, about these papers... Why, Miss Brooks, you're familiar with the rules of this institution. Why are you smoking in school? I'm not smoking. That's my breath. (laughs) Your breath? Yes, condensing in the pleasantly brisk air. (laughs) Mr. Conklin, are you sure there's enough coal in the furnace this morning? Well, of course. The janitor has been authorized to burn 37 lumps before noon. But, sir, this is going to be an exceptionally cold day, and 37 lumps of coal just won't get the job done. Uh, perhaps you're right. I'll contact the furnace room. Hand me the phone, please. Here you are, sir. Osgood Conklin to maintenance. Osgood Conklin to maintenance. Fire lumps 38 and 39. <laughs> Fire lumps 38 and 39. That is all. (laughs) Ah, that should do it. Now, let's see those papers. Here they are, Mr. Conklin. I stayed up until 11.30 last night, so I'd have them finished for you. Well, I'm not unmindful of your labors in my behalf, and I want you to know that your efforts will not go unrewarded. In fact, because of your fine spirit of cooperation, I have selected you as the one who will be permitted to type up my new report to the Board of Education. I'm sorry, Mr. Conklin, but teaching English is a full-time job for me, and I just can't assume any extra duties. But somebody's got to do it. Miss Enright just turned me down, too. As a matter of fact, she's the one who suggested you for this honor. Oh, she did, did she? Well, let me tell you... You shouldn't speak harshly of your fellow English teacher, Miss Brooks. After all, Miss Enright is quite fond of you. Fond of me? Oh, she must be to pass such a nice compliment about you this morning. She said she considered you one of her oldest friends. She did? And then she said she likes you as well as some of her younger friends (laughs) Well, I can't force you to perform this trifling task for me So you might as well run along to your classroom Yes, sir, but as far as Miss Enright is concerned I would like to... Miss Brooks, you're speaking of a teacher Who may soon be head of the English department What? The position is still open, you know And for months now I've been grooming Miss Enright Good That should make her coat nice and shiny. (laughs) Are you inferring that Miss Enright is a horse? If the shoe fits, nail it on her. (laughs) Pardon me, Mr. Boynton, but I've got a free period right now, and as I recall, so have you. That's right, Miss Brooks. Is there anything I can do for you? I'd love to. That is, uh... (laughs) The real reason I dropped in here was to get away from my own classroom for a while. Sometimes I wonder if all this effort is worth anything. If I couldn't expend all this time and energy in another direction. Say, making a pleasant home for some man. The way any normal woman does. Well, you're certainly normal, Miss Brooks. Your muscular structure's good. You have a well-shaped skull. Sound bones. And judging from your complexion, I should say your systolic circulatory system is A1. (laughs) You romantic fool, you. (laughs) I wish I felt as well as your description, though. I've got a little headache from all the paperwork I've been doing. A headache? Would you like me to massage your temples a bit? 
That's the quickest you've ever caught on. <laughs> Please do, Mr. Boynton. All right. How does this feel? Just wonderful, Mr. Boynton. Nobody but us guinea pigs. <laughs> well, it's Miss Enright. Miss Brooks has a little headache. I'm just massaging her temples. Oh, how humane of you. <laughs> there you go with your jokes, Miss Enright. <laughs> You're just loads of fun. Don't you think so, Miss Brooks? She's the biggest load I've ever seen. <laughs> I didn't expect to find you here. I just dropped in because I'm worn out from my morning classes. Sometimes I just don't know where I get the fuel to keep running. You didn't race your engine so much, your tank wouldn't get so low. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one, too. You girls have a lot of fun with each other, don't you? Yes, we do enjoy our little fencing matches When we're not too tuckered out from our work, that is Oh, that English class of mine I must say, I don't know what's come over you women of today You just don't seem to have the vitality and drive of our forebears Take my Aunt Maddie, for example She taught English, but she also taught mathematics, history, science, and Latin Five subjects? Certainly Then she'd go home and keep house for her husband and nine children Nine children? What did she teach, night school? <laughs> you, you can jest if you want to But if I found a woman like my Aunt Maddie a, a woman who held the secret to diversified interests I'd marry her tomorrow If you'll excuse me now I've got a million papers to correct <laughs> And I'd better be running along too I've got to empty several waste baskets hey, uh, but, but ladies, Goodbye, I... Goodbye, Mr. Boynton See you later, nephew <laughs> What is it you wanted to see me about, Miss Brooks? It's my work here at school, Mr. Conklin. I was wondering if you could give me another subject or two to teach. Miss Brooks, have you been sniffing too much eraser dust? (laughs) No, sir. It's just that I'd like to diversify my interests. Another class would be a labor of love. Pardon me, Mr. Conklin. uh, Hello, Miss Enright. Oh, Miss Brooks. What happened to those millions of papers you had to mark? I threw them in those wastebaskets you had to empty. (laughs) I'm uh, rather busy this morning, Miss Enright. What's on your mind? Well, Mr. Conklin, I've been thinking about my schedule here, and I've come to the conclusion that I could take on another subject. You too? But not two hours ago, you both complained about how rigorous your duties were. That was B.A.M., Mr. Conklin, before Aunt Mattie. You might consider it strange, sir, but On the contrary, it's an extremely fortuitous coincidence I was planning to institute a course in business administration at Madison My big problem, however, has been instructors There are none available in this area Uh, There are now I mean, there is now I'll take a shot at it Yes, sir, you bet, sure thing (laughs) (laughs) Not so fast, darling Mr. Conklin, if you're interested in a business administration course, I'd like to point out that I've got a terrific background. That you don't have to point out. (laughs) Maybe you ought to sell your bicycle. (laughs) 
please, please, Miss Brooks, please. Tell me about your experience, Miss Enright. Well, before I came to Madison High as an English teacher, I assisted Papa in his business. Papa was the head of a big collection agency at the time. I assisted my Papa, too, Miss Enright. What did he do? He spent most of his time hiding from your Papa. (laughs) Please, Mr. Conklin, I'll admit I'm not overly familiar with the principles of business administration, but I'll study it thoroughly in the next few days. Miss Brooks, business administration is a three-year course. How do you propose to learn it in a few short days? I'll only take a half hour for lunch. (laughs) I'm afraid you have none of the qualifications for this position, Miss Brooks. Once again, it looks like Miss Enright has the inside track. Well, all I can say is don't bet too much on her nose. It might still be a photo finish. Colgate, Colgate Dental Cream, it cleans your breath. Water toothpaste. While it cleans your teeth. Colgate toothpaste. Cleans your breath. Water toothpaste. While it cleans your teeth. Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. And the Colgate way stops tooth decay best. Yes, the Colgate way is the most thoroughly proved and accepted home method of oral hygiene known today. Over two years' research showed brushing teeth right after eating with Colgate Dental Cream helps stop more decay for more people than ever before reported in dentifrice history. The Colgate way stopped tooth decay best. No other dentifrice, ammoniated or not, offers such conclusive proof. And you should know that Colgate's, while not mentioned by name, was the only toothpaste used in the research on tooth decay recently reported in Reader's Digest. So always follow the Colgate way to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. And stop tooth decay best. Brush your teeth with Colgate. Colgate Dental Cream. It cleans your breath. Water toothpaste. Water cleans your teeth. And the Colgate way stops tooth decay best. Well, Mr. Conklin seemed convinced that I didn't know a thing about business administration. And it looked like he was right. I had just about given up on the biggest deal of my life, 200 pounds of prime biology teacher. (laughs) When lunch period came, I must have looked pretty down in the mouth as I entered the school cafeteria. Get it up, Miss Brooks. Your chin is sweeping the floor. (laughs) Oh, hello, Walter. I do feel a bit grim today. Well, suppose you sit down over here and tell our favorite pupil all about it. That is, unless you're waiting for Mr. Boynton. No, he had to go down to the biology supply house. They're having a sale on used guinea pigs or something. (laughs) It shouldn't make you this depressed. Gosh, you look like you're just about to bawl. What's the cause of it? Well, I spent about ten minutes in Mr. Conklin's office this morning. Say no more. Here's my hanky. Mr. Conklin's the best cure I know for anybody who's got a slight case of cheerfulness Not so loud, Walter. His daughter's about to join us Hello, Miss Brooks. Walter Hello, Harriet We were just chatting about your daddy Yeah, why isn't the old... Why isn't he in the cafeteria today? I brought a sandwich to his office He's calling the various oil companies to see if he can't beat the price raise It seems fuel oil for our furnace at home has gone up three cents a gallon. 
Daddy has a big problem with oil every winter. We have a big problem with Daddy every winter. <laughs> you probably don't know anything about this, Harriet, but I've been hoping your father would appoint me as instructor in business administration. He did mention something about the course, Miss Brooks, but he hasn't said who's going to teach it. So you might as well keep hoping. I'm going to get myself some dessert. Can I bring you something, Miss Brooks? No, thanks, dear. I'm pretty full. I've been biting my lips all morning. <laughs> always be worse. See you later, Walter. Okay, pigeon. Now then, Miss Brooks, give me your undivided attention. You've got it, Walter. While you and Harriet were yakking it up, I was thinking, if Mr. Conklin could get the oil he wants for his furnace, not only three cents cheaper, but nine cents below the current price, and if this transaction was put over by you, He'd consider that you had a pretty good business head on your shoulders. Well, I guess he would be. Instead of thinking what he thinks now, that it's just a bunch of pretty auburn hair clinging to a vacant bulb. (laughs) Now, just a minute, Walter. (laughs) Please, I'm not finished. It so happens that my dad has a good pal in the Ajax Oil Company, and we get all our fuel wholesale. Now, there's no reason why I can't get some for you to give to Mr. Conklin thus helping you wrap up the job you want. Walter, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize here and now for everything I've ever thought about you. This is a great idea. Thank you. Uh, We'll get the oil to Mr. Conklin's home right after school. But there's one question I'd like to ask you, Miss Brooks. Why are you so anxious to take on the added duties of another course? I can answer that in two simple words, Walter. Philip Boynton. I'm glad you got home from school early today, Daddy. But why did we come down here to the basement? I wanted to show you our new furnace, Harriet. It was installed just ten minutes ago. But what's this pink ribbon tied on it for? And what's this card on top of it? It's a little surprise for your mother. Read the card, Harriet. Let's see. It says, To my loving wife, Martha. Happy Lincoln's birthday, darling, from your Osgood. You bought Mother a furnace for Lincoln's birthday? Nothing's too good for your mother, Harriet. (laughs) Besides, it's my way of making up for Christmas. I got the feeling that your mother was not too delighted with the gift she received from me at that time. I can't understand it. It was a lovely case of club soda. (laughs) Daddy, Mother was expecting a fur coat this winter. Then she should be doubly pleased. A furnace is even warmer than a fur coat. Especially this brand new forced air furnace. It uses gas and a blower system, and all it requires is for me to flip open a vent and presto, any room I'm in is full of hot air. (laughs) No comment, Daddy. Shh! Quiet with that oil drum, Walter. I don't want Mr. Conklin to know we're in his basement. Well, I still don't see why we didn't just roll the drum up to his front door. Because I want to surprise him. We'll pour the oil right into the furnace. Then, when he can't understand how he's getting heat without having bought any oil, I'll flash this bill from the Ajax company showing that I've beaten the current price by nine cents. I get it. And then when Mr. Conklin reacts according to plan... He'll put you in charge of the business administration course. Mr. Boynton will admire your energy and diversified talents. And before you know it, 
You'll be married and have nine children like his Aunt Maddie. <laughs> Walter, have you been drinking this oil? <laughs> Miss Enright, your coming to my home on your own time to discuss our new business administration course has made quite an impression on me. Thank you, Mr. Conklin. But I've always been a firm believer in the old adage, don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. My sentiments exactly. Now, if you'll just give me your coat, we'll sit down in the living room and chat for a while. Oh, I think I'll keep my coat on, Mr. Conklin. I feel a bit chilly. As you wish. Mrs. Conklin is out shopping at the moment, but when she comes back, she'll fix a bit of tea for us. I can't wait to see her face when she discovers her gift. Oh? What did you buy for Mrs. Conklin? In honor of Lincoln's birthday, I bought her a brand new furnace. <laughs> I haven't used it as yet, but I think I'll turn it on right now. Yeah, oh, oh, excuse me, Miss Enright. I'll see who's at the door. Oh, oh, it's you, Miss Broke. Yes, sir. I came by to discuss that new teaching job. But I've just about decided on Miss Enright for that position, Miss Broke. Please, sir, what I have to tell you may change that decision. I'll just take a few moments of your time. Oh, very well, then. Come in. Come in. Now, uh, please be brief, Miss Brooks. Miss Enright and I have many matters to discuss. Yes, sir. Oh, hello, Miss Enright. Hello, Miss Brooks. Did you come by to show me what a good loser you are? I'll deal with you when you slither into school tomorrow. <laughs> right now, I've got some business with Mr. Conklin. You see, sir, I've always been a firm believer in the old adage, don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. A salty cliché, if I ever heard one. <laughs> Please come to the point. Yes, sir. Mr. Conklin, what would you say if I told you that I was going to put $8.95 into your pocket this minute? I'd say sit down, Miss Brooks. <laughs> Mr. Conklin, I'm going to put $8.95 into your pocket this minute Sit down, Miss Brooks Thank you <laughs> Now, in this transaction Pardon me, but isn't it awfully chilly in here? For once, we're on the same side It might be a very jolly thought to turn on your furnace, Mr. Conklin And burn some nice, cheap oil <laughs> I don't have any oil in my furnace However, if you ladies are cold, I should be happy Excuse to... me, Daddy, mm -hmm. but I've got to talk to Miss Brooks privately right away Will you kindly step out into the hall with me, Miss Brooks? Harriet, you know my house rules about disturbing adult conversations? It's terribly personal, Daddy, and it'll just take a second. Sounds important, Harriet. I'll be right back, Mr. Conklin. Meanwhile, I'm sure Miss Enright can regale you with some brilliant yakety yak. It's happened, Miss Brooks. Daddy's done the worst possible thing that could happen. He signed on for another year at Madison High? <laughs> <laughs> No, he bought Mother a furnace for a Lincoln's birthday gift. He must have gotten his rebate on the club soda bottle. <laughs> you don't understand. I just saw Walter Denton in the basement. He was washing his hands in the sink down there. Sounds like a reasonable place. <laughs> he told me you put oil in the furnace. That's right, to surprise your father. You'll surprise him, all right. He bought a gas-operated forced air furnace. <laughs> What? Oh, this is terrible. We've got to work fast, Harriet. You run down to the basement and tell Walter to get some tubing and siphon that oil out of the furnace at once. Okay, Miss Brooks. And you go on in and keep Daddy's mind occupied so he doesn't turn it on until I come back with the all clear. All right, Harriet. Now, for heaven's sakes, hurry. I'm dashing this minute. Good luck, Miss Brooks. I'll need it. 
Well, Miss Brooks, has my daughter concluded her personal business with you? Yes, sir. It was nothing, really. Uh, now then, about this business transaction of yours. Boy, uh, it's sure hot in here. <laughs> hot? I'm terribly warm. Do your lips always turn blue when you're warm? <laughs> I'm still shivering, Mr. Conklin. Well, I've got high blood pressure, so I'm usually warmer than the average person, but I'll turn the heat up if you want me to, Miss Enright. No! <laughs> I mean, why turn on the heat? Too much heat isn't... isn't... <laughs> healthy. <laughs> Bless you, darling. I must have sat in a hot draft. <laughs> now, about the $8.95 I saved you, Mr. Conklin Oh, excuse me one moment I'm going to see if my new thermostat is accurate I want everything to be just right when Mrs. Conklin comes home First, I'll open the large vent in this wall Now, we'll just set this thermostat for 76 degrees That should get the furnace going rather quickly Oh, it can't warm up quickly enough for me It can for me Excuse me, Mr. Conklin. Uh, where are you going, Miss Brooks? Into the coat closet. I have a roll of film that needs developing. <laughs> oh, stop that idiotic jabber, and let's get down to cases now. Perhaps we should set the thermostat up to 80 or so, then the furnace will really get going. Here, I'll do it. But, Miss Enright, It's all I... right, it's all right, Miss Brooks. I want to see how the new furnace reacts. Here, I'll turn it up to 85 degrees. <laughs> ah, yeah, now, now it's starting. Listen to the lovely sound of that nice hot air scurrying up the pipe. to my brand new furnace. This entire room is full of oil. What will we do? Well, we could toss a giant salad. <laughs> but I guess the only practical suggestion is to clean it up. Something must have gone wrong when I... Holy cow! What are you people doing in here? Rehearsing for a minstrel show? <laughs> you guessed it, Walter. And I don't know about anybody else, but if the interlocutor will excuse me, I, for one, am going to pick up my tambourine and beat it. <laughs> Evars Mazzaramus Brooks returns in just a moment. But first, men, does your face do a slow burn every time you shave? Then it's time you heard the good news about smoother, more comfortable shaves, the Palmolive Shaving Cream Way. That's right, smoother, more comfortable shaves. And men, only Palmolive, no other shaving cream, offers you real proof, not just promises, of smoother, more comfortable shaves. For the new Palmolive Shaving Cream Way gets beards really soft and it provides a protective film that actually floats your razor's cutting edge. Yes, even in cold or hard water, you get a clean, close shave every time. Super smooth, super comfortable. Over 2,500 men tested Palmolive shaving creams thoroughly. They followed the simple directions on the tube, and no matter how they shaved before, three out of four reported beards easier to cut, less razor pull, 
more comfortable, actually smoother shaves. Get Palmolive shaving cream, lather, or brushless. See if you don't get that super smooth, super comfortable, free and easy shave you've always wanted. You owe it to your face to try Palmolive lather or brushless. Remember, only Palmolive, no other shaving cream, offers you proof of smoother, more comfortable shaves. And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks. Well, Walter Denton was just about to spill the beans to Mr. Conklin about my part in the great oil scandal, when luckily I managed to catch his eye. And through some magical current that seemed to flow between us, his lips were suddenly sealed. Then I took my knuckles out of his mouth, and we cleaned up the <laughs> After that, Walter took me home, and when we got to the door, he said, Gosh, Miss Brooks, do you think you may still get a crack at that business administration course? I don't know about the business, business administration, Walter, but if he finds out about today, it's a cinch we'll both get the business. This is Burns reminding you to tune in next week to another Our Miss Brooks show, brought to you by Palmolive Shave Cream for a smoother, more comfortable way to shave, and Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, written by Al Lewis, with the music of Wilbur Hatch. Be sure to listen to Mr. and Mrs. North every Tuesday night on this same station and be with us again next week at the same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Bob Lamont speaking. This program was transcribed. Stay tuned now for Jack Benny. Stay tuned for X-1 next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. We're about to hear another fine performance in the realm of sci-fi radio. A doll shop turns out to be a very dangerous place for a mother and her little girl. This program, by the way, was first aired in 1956. program starring Jack Benny with Barry Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennessey, and yours truly, Don Wilson. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go out to Jack Benny's home in Beverly Hills where we find, oh, there's something wrong. There's a crowd gathered on the corner near Jack's house. Stand aside, folks. Here comes the ambulance. Stand back. Let the doctor through. Let the doctor through. Honestly, officer, it wasn't my fault. He jumped right in front of my truck. Jumped in front of your truck? He must be desperate. Oh. Uh, he's coming to officer. I think you can question him now. Mister, mister, why did you jump in front of the truck? Today I have to give Monsieur Benny a violin lesson. <laughs> He's all right, officer. The truck missed him completely, and he isn't even scratched. Perhaps I will have better luck next time. <laughs> all right, break it up, everybody. Break it up. Mr. Benny's house is right up the street. I know, officer. I know. Well, Professor LeBlanc, come right in. 
Professor, you're five minutes late. Uh, what detained you? There was an accident on the corner. Another one? Oh, it's getting awful out there. You know, on Wilshire Boulevard, you can't step off the curb without getting hit. Well? <laughs> Wilshire Boulevard. Professor, why are you writing it down? Nothing, nothing. Oh. Come, Mr. Benny. Let us commence with the lesson. All right. Just a minute. I'll get my violin. Hmm. That's funny. My violin isn't here. It's always been here. Yeah, I wonder if... Say, I'll bet... Oh, Rochester! Yeah, boy! Where is my violin? I wish it was on a slow boat to China! <laughs> now, stop that. Oh, here it is. Come on, uh, you can give me my lesson in the den, Professor. We miss you. Say, Professor, I've been thinking. You charge me $2 for giving me one lesson a week. How much would you charge to come over here twice a week? Eight thousand dollars. <laughs> oh. Well, here we are. I'll, uh, I'll just tune up my violin and we can, uh, we can get started. Just, just a second there. Yeah. Today we will dispense with the exercises and stuff with the new piece I gave you last week. Oh, yes, yes. I've been working hard on that one. You know. Good, good. Come in. No, no, Monsieur Benny. You must slide up the string with your little finger. Da, da, da. Now you try it. All right. Take your finger out of your nose. <laughs> huh? Oh, oh, yes, yes. Now, please, Mr. Benny, let us go back from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is a minuet. Think of crinoline, hoop skirts, powdered wigs. When you were a boy. <laughs> Professor, that remark was entirely uncalled for, and I don't appreciate those personal insults. I am sorry, monsieur. You can deduct 15 cents from the lesson. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let us proceed, please. Yes, sir. The same thing over again? We. Oui. Mr. Benny about his violin. He plays beautifully. 
Theodore? <laughs> yes. Mr. Benny has the total quality of Isaac Stern, the Boeing touch of Fritz Chrysler, and his fingers have the dexterity of a hyphus. Miss Levison, do you really believe that? No, but Mr. Benny is playing at the opening of a Turkish bath tomorrow, and that's how they're advertising him. <laughs> a Turkish bath? Yes, their slogan is, get rid of your fat while Benny passes the hat. <laughs> oh, I see. Rochester, I'm all through with my... Oh, hello, Mary. I've been taking my violin lesson. Uh, where's your teacher? Uh, Professor LeBlanc? He's such an emotional fellow. He, he jumped out of the window. <laughs> Jumped out of the window? Yeah. I forgot to ask you for my money. <laughs> oh, well, come right in, Professor, and I'll, uh... Hey, wait a minute, Mary. Isn't that Don Wilson sitting out in the car? Yes, John drove me over. Well, why doesn't he come in? Well, after the way you argued with him at my Thanksgiving party, he won't talk to you. Won't talk to me? And I don't blame him. You owe him an apology, and I'm going to make him come in. John! Oh, John, come on in. Well, okay, but I won't talk to Jack. Hey, what a stubborn guy. He won't talk to me, I won't talk to him. <laughs> come on in, John. Mary, you can tell Jack I came in for you, not for him. Jack, John says he came in for me, not for you. Well, you can tell Don that just because I made a mistake last week, he doesn't have to pout over it. Don, Jack says just because he made a mistake last week, you don't have to pout over it. Well, you can tell Mr. Benny that if he knew more about history, he'd know the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock, not Cape Cod. <laughs> Mr. Benny, Don says that if you knew more about history, you'd know that the pilgrims landed... Oh, yeah? Well, you can tell Mr. Wilson that if he doesn't shut up, you'll punch him right in the nose. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Wilson, Mr. Benny said that if you don't shut up, I'll punch you. What? <laughs> Wait a minute, Jack. If you're so mad at him, why don't you punch him in the nose? With fingers that have the dexterity of a high set? Are you crazy? <laughs> and you can tell Don You've been telling yourself. Tell Don, tell Jack, tell Jack, tell Don. I feel like a carrier pigeon that was caught in a badminton game. <laughs> now, Jack, you admitted you were wrong for arguing with Don, and I think you owe him an apology. Well... All right. Don. Don, you boy. I'm sorry. Well? Don, I'm really sorry, and I, I beg your forgiveness. Well, Jack, only a man of your generosity, your sense of fair play is big enough to admit that he's made a mistake. I, I accept your apology. Well, thank you, Don. And now that you're here, did you bring the quartet along with you? Oh, no, Jack, I'm sorry. You see, I was so angry with you, I didn't let the boys prepare a commercial for this week's program. Well, that's all right, Don. Gee, you're so clever. I mean, you can do a commercial all by yourself. But, Jack, just one voice? It wouldn't have any color. One voice? What are you talking Why, you're a man of many voices, many moods. I am? Why, certainly. You could do it, Don. Look at Do it, let's say, uh, the commercial... Well, well, do it first like Charles Boyer. Boyer? Sure. Go ahead, Don. Try it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, that's it, Don. Come with me to the cow's bar. Your lips look so beautiful holding that lucky strike cigarette. How, uh, how is that, Mary? He sounds like Boyer and looks like the cow's bar. 
Mary, please. Now, Don, after you give them Boyer, you can switch right into Lionel Barrymore. Lionel Barrymore? Why, well, I can't do that. Sure you can, Don. <laughs> Try it. Okay. Lionel Barrymore. Certainly. Gentlemen of the jury, <laughs> I have come here today to plead my case for this package of lucky prize. <laughs> and you can see for yourself that they're made of that fine, and white, that's naturally mine. Draw it again. Draw it again. Gentlemen of the jury, line up a lucky and see for yourself. Draw it again. That's wonderful, Don. <laughs> wonderful. And Don, <coughs> to show you how sorry I am that I argued with you last week, I want you to stay here and have dinner with me tonight. Oh, okay, Jack. What are we going to have? I don't know. Rochester, what are we going to have for dinner? Turkey hash. Turkey hash? Thanksgiving is gone, but the memory lingers on. <laughs> Never mind that. Rochester takes three steaks out of the freezer. Mary's going to say, too. And by the way, Rochester, were there any phone calls while I was taking my, my lesson? No, sir. See, that's funny. She's supposed to let me know if our date is okay for tomorrow. She? Who's she? I'm not telling. But she's really something special. And Mary, when I take her out tomorrow, I'm going to have my car washed and polished and everything. You think she'll do it? <laughs> I would like to go. Please pay me for the lesson. Oh, yes. Yes, Professor. I I'm sorry. I'll go get her. Oh, that must be the girl now. I mean, the call I'm expecting. Hello. Well, I know you love me, Jackson, but control the blouser. Control the... <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry, Phil. I was expecting a call from a girl. I've got a date. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Not you, Jason, not you. Phil, what's so surprising about my having a date? I can give you plenty of reasons. A, it costs money. B, no gal will ride in that jalopy of yours. C, you can't dance. D, you're too old and, um, and, um... Oh, so you ran out of reason. No, I just don't know the rest of the alphabet. <laughs> that I can believe. And just because I have a date with a girl, Phil, you don't have to make such a big thing out of it. Well, I'm just surprised, Jackson. Why? You never have no dates till spring when your blood starts to circulate. <laughs> look, Phil, I don't want to tie up the phone. What did you call about? Oh, look, I just wanted to let you know I'll be out of town for a few days. I'm going on a hunting trip up in the High Sierras. Oh, the High Sierras, eh? Are you going to hunt bear? Well, we might have... <laughs> Are you going to hunt bear? No, I'm going to be dressed to kill. <laughs> oh, Jackson, sometimes I wish I was Alice so I could be married to me. <laughs> Look, uh, golden boy. Look, when are you starting on the hunting trip? Right away, Jackson. The dogs are in the car now. Two retrievers. Oh, retrievers? Yeah, they sure are smart the way they're trained to bring things back. They're my favorite dogs. Retrievers? I thought your favorite dog would be a St. Bernard. What's so wonderful about a St. Bernard? A great big dog like that carrying a lousy half pint. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Well, look, Phil, go on, have a good time, and call me when you get back. So long. So long. Good health to all from a record. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. When is Phil going, honey, Dad? Right away. See, I bet he has a good time, too. Mr. Benny, please do not keep me waiting like you always do. Oh, yes. Yes, Professor. Your money. I'll get it for you. Hey, boss. This letter just came from England, and it looked very important. On the envelope, it says from Princess Elizabeth. Oh, my goodness. Princess Elizabeth. Here, read me letters. I mean, let me read it. I'm... Yeah, I'm so... You read it to me, Rochester, will you? Okay. It says, Dear Mr. Benning, I want to thank you for your kind offer, but regret to inform you that we've already signed up for a diaper service. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I cabled him my offer the day the little prince was born, you know. Jack... I knew you took in laundry, but when did you start a diaper service? When I grew up and found I was stuck with two dozen of them. <laughs> uh, rather than waste them, I... Mr. Benny. Oh, all right, Professor. I'll get you your... Hey, wait a minute, Professor. You have a baby. How would you like... I don't want diapers. I want money. <laughs> oh. Well, wait here, Professor. I'll go and get it for you. Whoop. I better answer the door. But, Monsieur... I'll be right back. Here's here for all Notre Dame. Hello, Dennis. Take out the echo, cheering her name. Hello, Dennis. Then the volley. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, Dennis. How come you feel waving that football pennant? Oh, I just got back from the USC Notre Dame game. But, Dennis, that game was yesterday. I know, and after it was over, I went down to congratulate some of the USC players, and before I knew it, it was, I was on a bus headed for the campus with the team. Well, that's silly. Why didn't you get off the bus? Notre Dame couldn't get through their line. How could I? (laughs) Did you enjoy the game, Dad? Oh, it was wonderful. But I was so confused. What do you mean, confused? Well, I'm Irish, so I felt loyal to Notre Dame. And then again, I live in California, so I felt loyal to USC. Gee, that's right. Well, who'd you cheer for? Dewey, he feels awful. I'll take it now, Jack. Don and I set the coin, and I lost. Well, that's sporting of you two. Did you have good seats at the game, Dennis? I sat on the 50-yard line. It was awful. Why? I got chalk all over my pants. <laughs> I'll take him now, Mary. Lucky Don won again. Dennis, why in the world would they let you sit on the playing field? Well, years ago, Coach Jeff Cravat and my mother used to go together. Oh, were they sweethearts? No, they both played in the line at USC. <laughs> hmm. Ted. Tell me, Dennis. Oh, you lost this time, huh, Don? Yes, yes. Tell me, Dennis, uh, did your mother really play football? Yeah, she says I was her only fumble. <laughs> I'll take heads again. Tell me, Monsieur Dennis. <laughs> I do not understand these things, but why would they let a woman play football? Oh, they couldn't tell the difference. She had a cool haircut. <laughs> well, that does. Look, Dennis, you came over here to let me hear the song you're going to do on the program. Now, for heaven's sake, sing it. Oh, you're just mad because my mother was all American. I am not mad. I am. I want my money. In a minute. I said, 
just want to hear this song. Go ahead, Dennis. Will you? Dennis, it'll be fine on the program. Mr. Benny. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, oh, by the way, Professor LeBlanc, in case you haven't ordered your Christmas card yet... I do not want Christmas cards. I do not want diet pills. I do not want my child's breath. I'm hungry. I want mommy. <laughs> hungry? Well... No more turkey hash. Mommy! <laughs> Oh, oh. For heaven's sake, Jack, why don't you go down to your vault and get him his money? All right, Mary. Professor, um, I'll go down to my vault and I'll get your money right now. You can wait right here for me. See, I mustn't forget to listen to Don Amici on the new Lucky Strikes program tomorrow. Blue. 
Oh, it's you, Mr. Benny. Yes. Hello, Ed. Long time no see. Uh, how, uh, how are you feeling? Fine. Say, Mr. Benny, how are things on the outside? <laughs> very, very exciting, Ed. Very exciting. We just had a presidential election, and Harry Truman was elected. He carried 34 states. Gee, 34 states. Who carried the other two? <laughs> no, 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 Ed. We have 48 now. You see, we took in Arizona, you know, and... Um... Oh, what? what's the matter, Ed? You left the door open. The light's killing me. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm, I'm sorry. Now, let's see. I, I just need a little money. Excuse me, Ed, while I work the combination on the stage. Shall I, uh, throw my eyelids together? <laughs> no. No, Ed, it isn't necessary, really. Just turn around, that's all. Now, let's see. The, uh, the combination is right to 45, left to 60, back to 15, and left to 110. than usual? Uh, I'll tell you in a minute. I'm counting the dead gophers. <laughs> oh. By the way, Mr. Benny, did you open your vault yesterday? No, no, Ed. That was an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's see. What do I owe the professor? Two dollars for the lesson. Less 15 cents for insulting me. <laughs> That's a dollar eighty-five. There. Well, that takes care of that. So long, Ed. Goodbye, Mr. Bunny. Drop me a postcard now and then. I will. Well, here's your money, Professor. Oh, thank you, Mr. Benny. La 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 la. Easy. French people are so emotional. Well, come on, Don. Would you and Mary like a cocktail before dinner? Oh, now, look, Jack, you don't have to go to all this trouble just for me. I, You apologize, and that's all that was necessary. Oh, Don, if Jack wants to invite you to dinner, you ought to stay. Certainly. We'll have three big steaks and all the trimmings. Well, thanks, Jack. After all, Don, last week I had a big argument with you, and it was my fault. You were right, and I was too stubborn to admit it. And, as Rudyard Kipling once said, you have suffered the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. So I intend to make it up to you. Jack. I intend to make it up to you. Jack. Huh? Kipling didn't say that. It was Shakespeare. No. No, Don. See, I was reading it just last night. 
And Kitten... Jack, I happen to be quite a student of Shakespeare, and I say you're wrong. Done. <laughs> Done. Little Lord Sackleroy. <laughs> I say it was Kipling. And I say it was Shakespeare. Kipling. Shakespeare. Don, I can't understand you. I apologize to you for last week. I asked you to say to dinner. And you start another argument. But I didn't start an argument. I'm only telling you you're wrong. And you're too hard-headed to admit it. What? <laughs> I'll thank you to leave my house and never darken my doorstep again. All right, I'll go. Goodbye. Goodbye. I never saw a guy like Don Wilson always arguing, even when he's wrong. But he wasn't wrong, Jack. You were wrong. Shakespeare did say that, not Kipling. I say it was Kipling. Well, I'm not going to stay here and get the argument with you either. You're too stubborn. Goodbye. <laughs> How do you like that? Oh, dinner, sir. Hmm, dinner, sir. What are we going to do with the other two steaks? I only cook one. <laughs> what? The minute you said Kipling, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> oh. Well, I'll come as soon as I put my violin away. What? Well, what are you looking for? I'm looking for that book I was reading last night, that book of Kipling. The book you were reading last night? Well, that was Shakespeare. But on the cover, it said Kipling. That's the man you borrowed it from. I am Kipling. Oh, yes. Don, and I'll have to apologize to Don Wilson again. Well, I'll give him a steak, and he'll be happy. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Life with Luigi, followed by Red Skelton. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer of Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.